What's up? God bless you. This is Pastor Anthony Maddox, Senior Pastor of the Empowerment Church. We're about to go into a message from this past Sunday. I pray it's a blessing to your life. The message is entitled, Show Up. It's time for us to show up and do what God has called us to do in our lives. Remember, when we do what we can, God will do what we can't. Let's go into the message now. I hope you're blessed. Take care. He's sensitive. Ruth chapter 2. Ruth chapter 2. I'm going to pull this up. Look at verse 2. Ruth said unto Naomi, let me now go. Stop right there. The title of today's sermon is show up. Somebody say show up. Here's the problem with what I just had us read here. We don't know much yet about what Ruth is going to do. We don't know what's happened in her life. We don't know any of her situations. In fact, we don't even know who this woman is that she's talking to named Naomi. But we do know she's about to bust a move based on what we just read. She says, I have to do something. Today's sermon is about doing something And that something means our part in God's plan. Are you with me? How many of us are in need of God's help right now? Many of us have just raised our hands and said, I need a miracle. Throughout the Bible and my personal experience, I've seen God do some amazing miracles in my life and the lives of the people around me. But each and every one of these miracles was preceded by some response or action of the person in need. In other words, God needs us to be a willing participant in our own miracle. There's some things that God wants to do in our lives that takes a response on our part. You don't believe me? Take a look back at the word of God. Before Jesus fed the 5,000, he first instructed them to collect the food that they could among the multitude before Moses parted the Red Sea God told him he first had to raise his hand and raise the staff and even before the world came to be God spoke it and commanded it and then things happened before something breaks out there is always an action that takes place if you are in the need of a miracle in your life maybe you're facing your own Red Sea I'm here to tell you today that God still has a responsibility or a role for you to play in your own deliverance. God needs our help. Can we backtrack and be a little messy? How many people in here have ever had somebody call them and ask for them help, but they weren't willing to participate? They didn't call for your help, really, did they? No, they called so that you would just fix it. So that you would just put it all together while they sat back and they watched. And God is saying, that's not going to work this time, player. You have got to be a willing participant in your own deliverance. Are you with me? Ruth, as we're going to find out in a second, is certainly someone in need of a miracle. Her father-in-law has died, which left her mother-in-law a widow. Her own husband has died, which left her a widow. And her sister-in-law also is a widow because her husband's brother died. They have completely lost everything. They're in a state of loss that is so big, some folks would lose their mind. There's a man or woman in here right now that knows what it's like to lose big. 
We so often talk about the people who win big, but there's somebody in here that says, sometimes, Pastor, I feel like I have more losses than wins in my life. Can I get a witness? Sometimes when I get up in the morning, I don't feel blessed. Sometimes when I get up in the morning, I don't feel motivated. Sometimes when I look out at my problems, I don't see a way out. Can we be honest? I've got some issues. Look at somebody on your row and say, you got issues too. Oh, somebody got offended. Tell somebody else, say, you too. Turn around to the person in the back. Say, I don't even know you, but you got issues. That's why you in church. Yep, 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 yep. We all got issues. Ruth has issues. Ruth has refused to leave her mother-in-law Naomi like she told her to. I'm walking you through this text, otherwise we'll be here all day. She says, Naomi says, y'all go back to y'all lands and start all over. I'm going back to my home. One of her daughters leaves. Ruth stays. Ruth says, no, I'm going where you go. So where are we going? Let's get up and let's go. So Ruth, at this point, makes one of the biggest and most critical decisions of her life. Everybody take a look at this. I, I, I want you to kind of walk through this. I know we haven't read much text yet, and we're going to get to it, but I want you to see that if you are in need of a miracle, if you are praying for God to do something, there is a decision in your life that needs to take place, and it's probably bigger than you think it is. You don't believe me? How many people in here have had your life at least a little jacked up because you made a decision to pick the wrong friend or mate at one point? Oh, I can't be the only one that knows that if you pick that person wrong, it can make your entire life a living hell. Some of us picked the wrong job and found out our manager needed Jesus, didn't we? Our decisions matter. There are people in this room right now. Everybody look at me. Don't look, don't look at your kids. Don't look at your spouse. Don't look at, everybody look at me. That way they don't think I'm talking about you. The best thing that ever happened from your relationship with your kids. Outside of that, it was hell and high water. And sometimes on the wrong day, you question your kids' sanity, don't you? Acting just like your mama. Just as crazy as that whole side of the family. Because our decisions matter what we do in life matters Ruth has made a decision she ain't going home she's going to stay connected to Naomi each and every one of us here this year in 2019 there's going to be some people you're going to have to make a decision to stay connected to or to break away from and based on what you decide it will shift your entire life let me free you of something if you are thinking about walking away from a friendship or relationship nine times out of ten, emotionally you already left. Because people in love don't have those thoughts. Happy people don't get up every morning looking over at the other side of the bed saying, dang, God didn't kill him last night either. Can we talk about it? Somebody here knows what it's like to look across the table from somebody and say, I kill you, but I need your half of the rent. <laughs> oh, but if you ever lost your job. <laughs> somebody say decisions. Decisions. So not only has Ruth made a decision to stay connected, Ruth has made a decision to glean from Boaz's field. We haven't gotten to Boaz yet. We're about to see some things critically in this text. 
in just a moment. Boaz is a property owner, a wealthy property owner who has a vast amount of land. I need y'all to walk me through this because if I don't do it this way, we're going to have to read it. We're going to be here. All right. So Ruth has gone back with Naomi to her land. And at the point of this text that you see, if we kept reading uh, Ruth chapter two, you will find out that Ruth has decided and told Naomi, I'm going out to the fields to glean. I got to eat. We didn't came here. We need to find a way to survive this now. So she tells Naomi, her mother-in-law, I'm going to this man's field to glean. Now everybody look here because this is really, really important, a part of this text. Historically, you have to understand what Ruth is doing here. By law, at the time of this text, it was legal for people to go on to other people's fields after they, received, after they received their harvest and glean anything that was left over on the ground and they could take home. There's a caveat to that, though. The only way it is legal to do so is if you have the permission of the owner of the property. In other words, if he's a hater and he says, no, you got to find somebody else's field to glean from. But legally, it's acceptable, but I still need the owner's permission. Are y'all still with me? Ruth has gone to a place she's never gone before and made a decision to glean from a field she's never gleaned before that is owned by a man she does not know. Are you with me? She has now made the second biggest decision of her life in this text. Why is it important? Write this down, everybody. I'm going to get us out of here. Ruth has a problem. What did I tell you are one of the two factors that needs to take place in order for somebody to glean on the field? Number one is it's got to be legal, and we know that it's the second, that's the first thing, right? But the second thing is you must have that person's what? Permission. Ruth is going to do something and does not know the outcome. Write this down real quick. In other words, she has to step out to find out. She's got to step out to find out. Pastor, what does this have to do with me? We get into it. We get into it. We get into it. Somebody say, step out. Somebody say, I'm stepping out. Ruth has to step out on faith and believe that when she gets to this field, that she will find favor with a man she does not know that will allow her to eat. And not just eat, but hopefully give her a little something to take home to her mama-in-law, Naomi. She is stepping out blindly in the dark hoping something gets better. In other words, she's saying, God, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to show up and believe that you will do the parts that I cannot do. She is believing that if she goes to that field, she will find favor and she'll be all right. Saints of God, for many of us, we're not like Ruth. Fear, doubt, and disappointment stop us from stepping out in areas we're not sure about and we miss the opportunity for God to perform the miracle. If it's a sure thing, you don't need God. So can I submit to you to raise your faith and strengthen you and so that you understand what God wants to do in your life that sometimes he puts you in situations where you are forced to make a decision without having all of the facts God has. Because he wants to see if you believe enough to step out. We have to play a role. We have to do our part. The only way to find out if we have favor there is to go there. What does this mean? 
You want to know if you'll get that promotion on that job? You won't know if you don't apply. You want to know if they'll find a way around your financial aid so you can get that degree? You won't know unless you go to that college campus. You don't know what type of support you have for your business because you have not started it yet. God says, I can't bless what you haven't put in your hand. There has to be something on our part that takes place so that God sees we are serious about what we're pursuing. And so Ruth has stepped out. But the question is, how many times have you stayed stuck in your own life? How many of you have ever had an idea or a dream, but out of fear, you held on to it? I believe there's someone in this room right now who's had a plan or an idea for 5, 10, 20 years and it's sticking in your back pocket because you're waiting on the right time or you're waiting on the support or it just doesn't feel good now. But God says it will never be right if you don't step out and do it now. You'll die in purpose or outside of purpose with gifts still locked up if you don't step out on faith. You don't know what they'll support until you step out and do it. The problem is in this day and age, we want support with no action. You don't believe me? How many of y'all saw a post on Facebook in the last month or so that says, don't nobody support me, I'm done with my family and friends. <laughs> Getting off this social media. Tired of all of y'all. Then three hours later, they post, can somebody give me a ride to work? Huh? If you're honest, and again, look at me because I don't know if you brought them to church today. There are some people who are demanding your support, but you know they ain't put in no work. So all they end up doing is being a distraction to you or costing you money. Because they want you to put in more than they have. And God is saying, I want to see how serious you are. Don't pray for the house if you want to work on the credit. I just lost 10 friends to basic. Nobody let me know my... Because preachers been preaching that you're supposed to lay your hands on the house and God going to miraculously move them people out and move you in. Yeah. We go to the car dealership, walk up to Crestmont Cadillac and say, I'm a Christian. Give me the fully loaded Escalade. No credit, plenty of faith, no common sense. Right? In order for God to bless we got to put some work in our hands. So Ruth is saying, look, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to go out there and see what the man does. And here's what happens. She catches Boaz's attention. Look at verse 16. Ruth chapter 2, verse 16. I was like, oh, we're going back to the Bible just for a second. Got to go. Ruth chapter 16, excuse me, Ruth chapter 2, verse 16. It says, here's what Boaz tells his staff. Let fall... Also, some of the handfuls of purpose for her. The gleaners in the east glean with much success, for a great quantity of corn is scattered in the reaping, as well as in their manner of carrying it. One may judge then of the large quantity which Ruth would gather in the consequence of the liberal orders given to the service. These extraordinary marks of favor were not only given from a kindly disposition, but from regard to her good character and devoted attachment to her venerable relative. Now, the Bible talk is complicated, isn't it? So let me just take this down, put the cookies at the bottom shelf. Ruth showed up and got favor with Boaz, so much favor, he told his workers, drop some food for her on purpose to make sure she has more than enough. 
because it was something about her personality he liked and how she handled her mama-in-law. Now here's what I want you to see. In order for her to get Boaz's favor, she first had to what? Show up. Many of us want our night and shining armor to ring our doorbell. No, you need to get up, get yourself together, get out your house, get your life together, and then let God send somebody that will compliment you. Let me tell you something. God is not going to send you somebody to complete you. He wants to send them to compliment you. It is God's responsibility to complete you. You need to be a whole person without somebody else. I don't want to be nobody, sun, moon, and stars. Yes, I do. That get real old real quick. When they ain't got no life without you, they just want to sit up underneath you. They just want to be around you all day. Even the person you love would make you tired. You need to have a life. Get you some business. Get you some money. You're supposed to compliment me. I don't need you filling in my gaps. That's what God is going to do. You, I don't need you filling on empty split. <laughs> Write this down. If they can fill the void, they can take it back. So are we telling people, I want somebody that completes me, somebody that makes me whole? You know, I said something to Lady Tiffany the other day The old folks used to say. Old folks used to say, don't let nobody buy you a pair of shoes. Anybody know why? Because they'll walk out on them. They'll take them shoes and use them to walk out your life. See, that's what they do. Be careful when you only receive them from other people to make yourself whole. It is critical. They should compliment, not complete. Lady Tiffany compliments me, but she a whole woman by herself. She'll leave me tomorrow and be better off. We got four kids, all that child support. I'll be the one crying. It's cheaper to keep her. She's a whole woman, two master's degrees, her own business, and a full-time job. She got her own car, and she's doing her thing. She don't need me to complete her. We compliment each other. We want to be all romantic and deep. Remember, anything I brought to the table, I can take back. You know how many people out here lonely with no furniture on top of that? I don't want you to dump me and take the couch. I want to have something of my own. So Boaz, that's a message for somebody. I don't know. I don't know. Somebody go home and they realize I don't own nothing in this house. If they leave me, I don't have a toothbrush. Something is wrong. We want to be whole. So he gave her access to shelter, water, and food. Boaz did. He even instructed his workers to make sure she was taken care of. Because she did what she could, God did what she couldn't. How many things have you missed out on life because of fear and doubt or because your circle questioned whether or not you were gifted or talented enough to do something? You have to be careful because some people will love you so much they will talk you out of your purpose. They will talk you out of your own dream. Do you know people, there are some people in your life that will never be happy if you get promoted or buy a new house, or get married, or buy a new car, because it means it looks like you have moved on from them. Because the more God blesses you, the more you've outgrown them. When at the same time God was blessing you, he could have been blessing them, but they didn't want to do nothing. So people will talk you out of your own blessing to make them feel more comfortable about being mediocre. 
to make you them feel more comfortable about the fact that their life isn't progressing and they're not doing anything. You got to be careful. You got to be careful who you're connected to matters. Here's what I love about this. Somebody say no excuses, no fear, just faith. So Ruth was blessed because she went. But look at verse 14 and we got to go. I want you to backtrack. Look at verse 14. <coughs> it says he reached her port, her parched corn and did eat and was sufficed and left. Some of the new grain roasted on the spot and fit for use after being rubbed in the hands, a favorite viand in the east. He gave her so much that after satisfying her own wants, she had some in reserve for her mother-in-law. This is what makes me shout. Our yes to God has the potential to bless other folks other than you. How many here got a grandmama, mama, daddy, uncle, sister, brother, that if right now you write them a check, you would just to help them? If not, your family must be messed up. And I know I got some of them cuz I wouldn't write a check to. I wouldn't give them bus fare. Matter of fact, if they had bus fare, I'd take it. So they could pay back some of the money they owed me, let them walk. <laughs> Listen here. I want to be in position where my faith is so bold that when God pours into my life, it's enough to bless every life connected to mine. I don't mind if God uses me to buy my parents a house or to bless my children's fully fund and college paid or to open up my best friend's business or to let somebody else be able to sleep a little bit easier. You're looking for somebody else to be the one and God says you can be the one. But you got to show up. Normally when you read this scripture about Ruth, and Boaz, you see a woman who's found her dream man. But there's so much more if you just minimize this. Because if you keep reading the text, you'll find out part of the favor she got because he thought she was fine. Oh, y'all thought he just doing this because he was nice. He saw something on her. He wanted a piece of that thing. But he was a gentleman. So he does what most of us do even in 2019. When you like a girl, you got to feed her. He said, let me make sure she eating good. And it's open the door and she has all in his favor. But he wouldn't know it. He wouldn't have been able to see how gorgeous she was and how great she was and full of integrity she was had she not showed up. Many of us are invisible because we don't show up. They don't know how gifted and talented you are. They don't know what you have on the inside of you. Because every time they have an opportunity to see it, you hide yourself. Real talk, I used to do this, and some of y'all know what I'm talking about. How many of y'all have ever been in a room full of dumb people so you had to dumb yourself down for an hour? Couldn't have an intelligent conversation to save your life. It felt like you were losing your mind. I can't wait to get somebody in here need to read a book. Too many of us minimize who we are to make everybody else around us feel comfortable. Sometimes you can fry chicken and they just can't. Walk in it. Sometimes you just know how to do hair and they can't. Be confident in that. Sometimes you just better at something than somebody else is. Stop hiding it and embrace it. Doors are going to open. You cannot hide yourself 
and ask God to show up and pour out miracles in your life. It is time for each of us to show up. While we're expecting miracles, God is expecting a response. He is looking for us to make a move. Ruth and Naomi were taken care of because of the first scripture we read. She got up and she went. What dreams or goals are you sitting on right now in this church? And God is saying, I need you to get up and go. How many of you in right now, sometimes you sit at your job and say, I know there's more for me than this. How many of y'all at your job got to keep it quiet, but you know everything more than the manager? Whole place running because you're together. It's time for people to know why haven't you applied for that job? One of the biggest moves I ever made in my career when I was in the bank, one of the biggest jobs I ever got, I was extremely underqualified for, but I had faith. I had no experience, and I was up against several people who had better experience than me. But because of favor, I got that job and kept that job for 10 years. Bought a house because of that job, some nice cars because of that job. God gave me favor at that job. But the job wouldn't have come had I not shown up. I had to apply for something that it looked like I wasn't qualified for and say, God, but I leave you can fill in all these gaps. How many things have you looked over that could have raised your income to the next level, but you say they ain't going to never hire me? Sometimes people don't know what they want till they find it. Do you know how many times you can sit in an interview and I say, this person don't got none of the qualifications I want, but it's something on them. They got exactly what I need, but I didn't know it till they were in the room. Some of y'all think you need 10 degrees to do it. God uses what you already have. It's time for you to step out and stop hiding yourself from the world. You are more gifted, more talented than people think you are. It's time for you to show up and take what's yours. Believe God for that house. Believe God for that degree. Believe God for that promotion. But you got to show up even when it looks like you're going to get a no. One of the things I've always said to the people in my church, and I'm going to say it in the sound of your voice, that I am done talking today. You have not done all you can until you have heard a no. I am going to make you tell me no before I back down and don't try. You're going to at least have to bring me in this room and tell me no. But I'm going to sell myself. For many of us, we heard no in our head, but never heard it from anybody out in the street. And because of that no, we keep hearing in our head, they're never going to go for this. They're never going to like me. They're never going to hire me. They're never going to support me. We didn't do it. And God has said, until you hear a no, and even after you hear a no, sooner or later. Do you know I once got a promotion because my job got tired of me applying once? I'll never forget, I was working at Target. We just started a church, and I was cashiering and pushing cars, and I needed some money. I had two kids. So my manager got fired, and I just kept applying and kept applying and kept applying. And the first time I applied, I'll never forget when the application came across the desk, I heard them laughing in the office when they got to my name. So I'm like, oh, clearly they ain't going to give me the job. But they don't know. I'm Anthony. I'm crazy. I don't take medication. So a couple weeks went by. They fired the new manager. And I said, I told you so. What do you think this player did? I put the application in again. This time they called me in HR to make it clear to me that I was unqualified for this job and there was something else for me to do. And I said, thank you, appreciate it. Six months after that, that manager got fired. What you think this boy did? I applied again. Yes, I did. 
They didn't hire me though. This time they was fed up. I'll never forget the uh, HR lady's name was Kim. She says, are you all right? Because they said you applied again. Yes. Why did you apply? You know what I told her? Because the job was available. I heard a note from you. I never heard a note from God. I got to do something. That person got fired. I applied again. This time they called me in the office and they said, we're going to give you a shot, Anthony. I said, I know. I went out there, high stepped it, and I kept that position until I left because uh, I had to leave because the church was booming. I had that position and I hired people over five, six years. I managed the front lanes of the Target at Mayfield Heights with people mad at me and telling me I was unqualified for as I'm hiring people because one of the things I made a decision to do is I had everybody I knew that wasn't qualified for every job. If you walked in an interview and you looked at busted, I was giving you a shot. Because somebody, when they get through the door, has to make it easier for the people behind them. It does no good for God to open you a door and you don't take nobody with you. Can I submit to you that some of us haven't gotten any doors open in our lives because God can't trust that you'll leave it open? So many of us find success and don't want to tell nobody how they did it. We don't want to give nobody no tips. We don't want to support nobody. We keep our mouth completely closed. But can God trust you to keep a door open? At least put a doorstop in that joker. So I got that job and I held my head high and they did not like me the whole time I was there but couldn't get rid of me. Because what God has for you is for you. Until you hear a no from God, you keep knocking on every door in your life. It is your responsibility to show up because the moment I don't show up could be the moment that the job of my dreams or that check I was waiting for misses my hands. Don't miss your moment because you're waiting on your cousins and Pookie and Ray Ray and them to seeing you what God sees. They ain't never going to see it. Some of them drunk. All of them high. You got to go by yourself. Some of the opinions we are waiting on is scared from some of the people we need support from. From this day forward, we're going to show up. Amen. Put your hands together if you love Jesus. Oh yeah, we're showing up. What's up? I pray today's message was a blessing to you. If it was, consider checking us out each and every Sunday at 1.30 p.m. or sowing a seed by Cash App, that's dollar sign Empowerment City, or online at empowermentcity216.org. Lady Tiffany and I would love to get to know you. Check us out again at 15837 Euclid Avenue. I pray you're having a blessed week. Take care.